it's my lifestyle, it's my lifestyle. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the Grounds Crew, a podcast covering all things baseball. We're brought to you by Baseball Lifestyle. Here are your hosts, Josh Shapiro and Tristan Maddie. What's up, everyone? It's Tristan. Back for episode 74 of the Grinds Crew podcast. I'm actually recording this early on Thursday, December 13th, which means there is only 12 days till Christmas, guys. It's crazy. I know. It's coming up quickly. But that means there's only so many days for you guys to get on BaseballLifestyle.com, BL101.com, and buy whatever gear you guys want in time to get it for Christmas, man. I know you guys want it under the tree. I know you guys want it that quickly. You want that gear. You want that swag. But there's only so many days that we can uh, get it to you. You know, we're working hard in the uh, the office, getting out all your orders, making sure they are there by Christmas. But at a certain point, we can't get them out to you guys. So get your orders in, get your gear, get your swag, and we'll hook you up. You order it by a certain day, it'll be there under the tree no matter what. Other than that kind of stuff, we don't really have too much behind the brand today. You know, you guys have been keeping us plenty busy at the office, like I said, getting plenty of orders out. We've had some late nights there. Tons of stuff going out. Thank you guys again for all the support, for all the uh, the support with Baseball Lifestyle. You guys keep us going. So thank you for that. Now I know you guys want to talk some baseball. There's plenty of more news. Uh... Not quite as big as what we were talking about last week. There was some big deals that happened, but you know, there's some smaller news that happened. The winter meetings were the uh, this past week. I think they're finishing up today. They started early, uh, on the eighth in Las Vegas. Kind of quiet this year. Not really any world-shattering moves. No big names really signed, like a. Uh, Manny Machado, Bryce Harper, those guys are still in the market. No big trades, really. Uh, there were a couple rumors of some big trades, but nothing came to fruition. So we'll talk about the rumors. We'll talk about who signed. We'll talk about what's going on. So let's start with a sneaky good move by the Phillies. The Philadelphia Phillies signed Andrew McCutcheon. McCutcheon agreed to a 30-year, $50 million deal. And he's returning to the state of Pennsylvania where he played for a long time with the Pittsburgh Pirates. McCutcheon is 32 years old now. He's a five-time All-Star, 2015 NL MVP. He's not quite the player he used to be. 32 years old, he's not old, but he's still just not the same guy. But he's still a quality player. Still gets on base. Uh... Batted 255 last year, 20 home runs, 65 RBIs. That was over 155 games. He always seems to stay on the field. He never has too many injuries, never really misses time. Like I said, gives you good, solid, competitive at-bats, good vet. He had a 368 OBP last season. That ranked 20th out of 141 hitters who qualified for batting titles last season. He's going to get up there. He's going to take a lot of pitches, work the pitcher. He's a good leadoff guy. He's not much of a center fielder anymore, but he's still an above-average corner outfielder. And that's a position that the Phillies really struggled with last year. They had Reese Hoskins playing uh, the corner spot. They had I forget who else they had, but they were just not really good defenders at the corner spots, and it showed. So McCutcheon's going to come there and change the defense a little bit, which is a big part, big plus. 
And another reason I really like this deal for them is Andrew McCutcheon, he played most of his career in Pittsburgh, played the beginning of last season, the first half of last season, in AT&T Park in San Francisco. PNC Park and AT&T Park are not known as the biggest hitter-friendly parks in the league, especially for righties, which Andrew McCutcheon is. Nonetheless, he's still continued to hit very well. But if he played in a, st a stadium like Yankee Stadium for his whole career, where he played the second half of last year and really kind of started to turn it on at the end, his stats might have been even better. And now he's going to one of the best hitting parks in the league in Philadelphia. So we might see his power numbers pop up. We might see his hitting numbers in general, average, all that stuff pop up, slugging percentage show uh, come up. So I really like this deal. Uh, like I said, he has a good veteran presence, good in the leadoff spot, good in the corner outfield spot, all stuff that the Phillies have needed. And it makes the Phillies are clearly making moves that are putting them in a better position, a position not just to sign a guy like Bryce Harper or Manny Machado, but to make them just an all-around better team, getting, Machado, uh, getting McCutcheon, getting Segura. They're addressing needs, addressing spots. They're adding veteran players who play very well and they're getting good value out of these guys. So I really think the Phillies are going to make a nice, a lot of nice improvements next year and make a run for that NL East title. Now, one of the other bigger moves that came from this past week came from a team that doesn't really make a lot of headlines. The Tampa Bay Rays agreed to a deal with Charlie Morton. The former Astro signed a two-year deal with 30, uh, worth $30 million. He's 35 years old. But he was really one of the best pitchers on the open market after reinventing himself in Houston. He played two seasons with the Astros, and he made 55 starts over that time. He had a 3.36 ERA and averaged 10.4 strikeouts per nine innings. This comes after he wasn't very sure that he'd make, get even get a major league deal after a very injury-limited 2016 season with the Phillies in which he only made four starts. But the Astros saw somebody that had a lot of value to be obtained, that somebody they could work with and improve with, and that's exactly what he did because his fastball last season was averaging almost 96 miles per hour, and his stuff just looks pretty nasty. I mean, he has a nice curve. I saw it firsthand in 2017 when the Astros played the Yankees. He just dominated the Yankees. And in 2017, the Yankees had a, gr a great lineup, not quite what it was this past season. But he came in and dominated. He was a big piece of that World Series title in 2017. Went off in the playoffs, had a bunch of big starts against the Yankees again. They, he really just dominated them. And so I think it's really a good move for the Tampa Bay Rays. You know, we don't often commend them for the moves they make. Usually they don't make a lot of sense. They never really are the guys to go out and spend big money. But it's a nice move. You know, it bolsters a rotation with Blake Snell, the Cy Young winner, and Tyler Glasnow. So good for the Tampa Bay Rays. So it looks like Charlie Morton's all set to join the formidable AL East, but it looks like former Red Sox reliever Joe Kelly will be leaving the division. He is apparently signing a three-year, $25 million deal with the Dodgers. The 30-year-old reliever, he spent the last four and a half seasons in Boston. Didn't have the greatest season in 2018. Uh, had just a 4.39 ERA with a 1.36 whip. 
he had that fight with the Yankees that was kind of his uh the highlight of his season. And but this came off a really good 2017 season. He was really good for the Red Sox in the playoffs, putting together a .79 ERA, and he held the batters to just a 1.86 average over 11 innings of work. He used to be a starter. The Red Sox made him exclusively a reliever, and he deals. He's a flamethrower, guys. At times, his fastball is just untouchable. So the Dodgers are getting a really nice reliever. He has some solid potential. Uh, They had a lot of bullpen issues this past season. So Joe Kelly should be able to help bridge that gap to Kenley Jansen. So it's not a huge deal, but it's a nice, solid move for the Dodgers. And just when people were starting to think the reliever market was kind of coming in slow this offseason, it sounds like the Mets are bringing back closer Jerry's uh, Jerry's Familia on a three-year, $30 million deal. They traded him to the Athletics last season during the deadline, and that kind of helped the Athletics pursue their playoff uh, push. Familia, he's not the best closer in the game, but he's been a solid closer over his career. He had a really solid 2015 season, and he was a big part of why the Mets made the World Series that season. And he was an all-star in 2016. He had 51 saves that year, and 43 the year prior. He's 29. He's still in the prime of his career. And the Mets had a lot of bullpen issues last season once they traded Familia. They now have that combo of Familia and Diaz at the end of the back end of the bullpen. So that should solve any problem with that. I think Diaz is going to be the primary closer, obviously. I mean, he came off of that stellar season in 2018. So you can't not make him the closer after going out and getting him. But Familia, if he comes in and serves as the setup role, I think you've got a solid one-two punch right there. I still don't think the Mets will be in the position that they need to use a closer all that often. But you never know. They have some solid pieces. They're trying. They're making some nice moves. So we'll see. Alright, so on Tuesday morning, the Blue Jays announced that they are releasing 34-year-old shortstop Troy Tulowitzki. Tulowitzki had two years and $38 million left on the table. They acquired him a couple years back in a deadline deal with the Colorado Rockies. He struggled with injuries this past season, didn't play the entire year. He had to have uh, bone spurs removed from both heels. That's kind of something similar to what's happening with Ioannis Cespedes. So he hasn't played since July 28th of 2017. This isn't anything new. Injury woes are something that he struggled with across his entire career, and they're just flaring up more and more as he gets older. It seems like over his entire career he would get hurt one year, and then come back and have an amazing season and remind us all that he's the best shortstop in the league, and then miss all of the following season. He expects to be healthy by spring training, but he missed at least 30, he has missed at least 30 games in seven straight seasons, eight of the last nine seasons. It's tough, man. I mean, Troy Tulowitzki had some of the most potential we'll ever see in the league. He was a true five five tool player at the shortstop position. He had size. He was a fun to watch player. He could do it all on the ball field. This obviously is probably not it for him, but he, his career is winding down and just the injuries. I don't know how long he could keep going. He's a two career two ninety hitter. 
224 home runs, 779 ribbies. It just sucks because you think of all the time that he has missed over the span of his career. If that didn't happen, I think we would be talking about this guy getting into the Hall of Fame once he's done. Now, you want to talk about five tool shortstops. One guy that is still in his prime, maybe not even quite in his prime at just 26 years old, Manny Machado. There are some reports saying that his first choice is the Yankees. Jim uh, Bowden said that Machado's first choice is to play in New York, but that they need to meet his asking price. And it seems like he wants to get paid. We This isn't a surprise because it kind of sounded like he wanted to go to the Yankees since, way back since last uh, offseason. The Yankees, they're in the mix for him. I don't know if they want to meet that asking price, but they're among three notable teams that are interested. That includes the Phillies, the White Sox, and then there's also three mystery teams that are uh, part of the discussions. John Heyman has said that the Yankees are interested in him as an option, but that they're kind of lukewarm on giving him a $300 million contract because they you know, they already have John Carlos Stanton with that huge deal. The Yankees have kind of made it a point that they want to stay under the luxury tax. They kind of want to get value out of guys. So, I don't know. I would love to see them sign Manny Machado. And in the rumors that we're going to talk about next, in the next part, uh, there was a deal that would have made a lot of sense for them. It would make the Yankees lineup just that much more formidable. I mean, their shortstop, Dita Gregoras, he's going to be out for the first couple months after having Tommy John surgery way back after the uh, playoffs. So we'll see. Uh it's not sounding likely. Brian Cashman already said that the Yankees aren't in the mix for uh, Bryce Harper, that it doesn't make sense for them. So, I don't know. It doesn't leave me with a lot of hope that the Yankees are going to go out and sign Manny Machado, but you never know. The Yankees are the Yankees. He kind of said the other day that they're a fully functioning Death Star. Who knows? Who knows? Well, let's just jump back to the other team in New York. The Mets, they're, they're giving us plenty to talk about this offseason. It feels like the Mets are always in the headlines, whether it be good or bad. They're apparently interested in making a deal for Marlins catcher JT Real Muto. The catcher position is something the Mets have had problems with for a while. Travis Darno isn't really getting it done over there. He always seems to get injured. Uh, Joe Frazero said that they are considered one of three teams in the mix for the Marlins catcher. The Yankees are also involved in discussions of a three-team deal. And people have kind of speculated that that would include Noah Syndergaard, that somehow the Yankees would pull out Noah Syndergaard. They were apparently pushing hard on Monday night for a deal where with a Mets pitcher. It could have been Syndergaard. It could have been Wheeler. Talks have kind of simmered since then. But it would make a lot of sense if the Yankees were to go out and trade somebody like Miguel Andujar maybe some prospects, Clint Frazier pitching prospects, send those prospects to the Marlins, send Andujar and Real Muto to the Mets, and then the Yankees get Noah Syndergaard. The Mets send over a couple prospects to the, the Mar- Miami. It, may, it seems like the deal would make a lot of sense on all three sides. I don't think the Mets would be the make it be making the best I uh, decision by trading Noah Syndergaard. But if you're getting guys like JT Real Muto and McGill and Duhar, two young guys who offer a lot on the ball field, 
it kind of makes it better. At least you know the Mets aren't making a total mishap. As the week has progressed, though, it sounds like the Marlins have a huge asking price for the uh, JT Real Muto on that. It would require more than even uh, the Mets shortstop Ahmed Rosario and a prospect to get the deal done. So it seems like it's not going to happen. But the Mets are still trying. You know, JT Real Muto is a great young catcher, and that's something that the Mets really need if they really want to compete. So we'll see. I think that's all we got for today. Like I said, it wasn't the biggest news, but it was stuff we had to get into. Just some, uh, these deals are going to have some implications. I mean, most of them were playoff teams last year or teams with playoff hopes. So that's all we got. Thank you guys for tuning in, and I'll see you next week. And that right there was the Grounds Crew, brought to you by Baseball Lifestyle.